Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. To be in the house of the Lord this morning. Isn't he a mighty God? Amen. You may be seated this morning. Lord bless you for standing. What a tremendous time in the service of the Lord we have had already. Amen. Whether you are a member of the First Apostolic Church or a guest, a frequent guest, an infrequent guest, a longtime family member come home, uh, it matters not. We are glad you're here this morning. And most importantly, we're glad Jesus is here. Amen. He promised us that if two or three people would talk about him, he would show up. Amen. I want to I teach a little bit this morning, and uh, we're going to read some text here in just a moment, but you can, you can remain seated today uh, if you choose to do so. That is just all right. Uh, but I want to I teach this morning that it's on, on a subject that I think goes a little bit hand in glove with what's happened here already this morning. We have felt a tremendous move of the Spirit of the Lord already, and that is why we come here. We, we come to church to worship and to magnify God. I don't just come to church to receive. Now, I'll be honest with you, though. I do come to church to receive. Amen. If we're going to be transparent with ourselves, we have to admit that, that yes, I come to church to receive something. But it's not the only reason I come to church. Brother Terry, there's times I come to church that, yes, I, I receive a dose of his presence, there's, and I receive the word. But there's times that's all I receive. There are times that I come to church over and over and over and over and over and over. Are you getting the point? Over and over again. That receiving a dose of the presence of the Lord and receiving the word in my flesh, I start wondering, what's the point? Why, why am I doing this? Because my flesh is now telling me, you're not getting anything out of that. Why are you torturing yourself? Why do you get up and, and get dressed and go to church all the time? And that's what I want to teach on this morning. I want to teach on a subject titled, What's the Point? Because there is a point. But in our flesh sometimes, we often wonder, what's the point? And it matters not if you're a 50-year veteran or a five-day-old Christian. Having, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised, and let us consider one another to provoke with love and to good works. Here's the key. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, 
but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Mighty God, we love you this morning. We're so thankful for your word. We're thankful that your word is anointed. We're thankful for your presence this morning. God, we ask you here in this setting for a few moments of time. Lord, anoint these lips of clay to speak your word. Lord, help our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear truly the voice of Almighty God through your holy word, your written word today. Draw us closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. What is the point? And thank you for standing. If our walk with God is an individual walk, then what's the point in going to church? That's what some people want to know. What does it mean? We're going to focus on a few of the key reasons on why we come to church and exactly why it's so important. But what does it mean to congregate? You know, we refer to ourselves as a congregation. So what does it mean to congregate? What, what do you think? Oh, I'm asking these questions rhetorically because I want to provoke you to thinking this morning. What do you think as an individual would happen if we never came together to worship God? Better yet, let me ask the question this way. What do you think would happen with your walk with God if we never came to church? Because you see, there are some people, and I've not come this morning to harp on people who don't come to church. I've just come to stress the importance of it. But there are some people that they don't want to be faithful to the house of God, but they want you to be. They don't want to be committed to it, but they want Bishop to be. They want Pastor to be. They want Brother Mason. Why? Because they want us here whenever they decide to come. They want the opportunity to get into the presence of God when it's convenient for them. But they want a, a spiritual convenience that lacks commitment. And what I've come to teach on this morning hopefully will stress to each and every one of us that the attendance and the worship and the unity that we have in coming to church is important for each and every one of us. There is a serious decline in North American church attendance. Some statistics this morning taken from a, an article called Startling Facts. An up-close look at church attendance in America states that less than 20%, hear it now, less than 20% of Americans regularly attend church. Now you have to define regularly in there. And if, I was, if you were to ask me, well, Brother Mason, what does regularly mean? Regularly does not mean when you feel like it. Regularly does not mean Sunday morning only. Regularly, by definition, would mean if your church is operating, you're there. Regular. Less than 20%. Wow, that's startling. American church attendance is steadily declining. In 1990, 20.4% of the population attended church on any given Sunday. In 2004, it had dropped to 17.7. Now, that's a 12-year-old dated statistic. I don't know what it is today. But it's still declining. Established churches, 40 to 190 years old, are declining. We know that because there's two churches of the three that we've been in were because an established church went to nothing. The increase in the number of churches being started is only 25% 
of what is needed to keep up with Americans' population growth. At the current pace, by 2050, church attendance will be about half of what it was in 1990. It's true in spite of the fact, hear this now, that roughly 70 to 75% of Americans consider themselves Christians. So what's all this mean? When nearly three out of four Americans say they are Christians, but less than one out of five attend church, it tells us that we live in a culture that believes you can be Christian without following Christ. So we must be careful this morning as apostolics, as born-again believers, that we not fall prey to the pop culture of this age and think that just because our peers and our co-workers and our family members don't think it's important that it's not important. Because it's important that we come to church. The church's response to attendance decline. Many churches are trying traditional means of attracting visitors like mailers, door hangers, personal invitations. Some of you are here this morning by means of a personal invitation. I know Brother Cook and, and the, 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 our students have been out into the community, I know at least once, maybe twice, in, uh, in this year already, passing out door hangers. Blasting the community with First Apostolic Church. Some churches host block parties or special events like Friends Day. We do some of that around here. Many churches meet with marketing experts to try and create brand awareness, something you didn't have to worry about 30 years ago. We could probably think of other methods and things that we've seen. There's nothing wrong with any of these, but we must answer the two questions. Why is it happening and does it really matter? I want you to, ask your, I want you to just ask yourself a question. You don't have to ask it out loud, but in your mind. Ask yourself a question this morning. Are you less faithful or more faithful to God today than you were when you first started your walk with Him? That's a good self-evaluation question. If I date back to my repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, if I date back to my birth in God, how does my faithfulness measure to Him now versus then. I can remember as a young boy growing up in a pastor's home. I can remember conversations that my parents would have with adults with me standing in earshot, listening to them with them antagonizing my parents because they took their boys to church every time the doors was open. They were antagonizing, they were even patronizing my parents in conversation with their sons standing next to them of how I bet whenever they get old enough they won't go. I bet whenever they get to make up their own mind, they won't go. Well, you know, my parents' answer to that always was, well, that could very well be the case. There is no promise that they will, but it's our duty as parents that while they're under our roof, they're going to go to the house of God. Furthermore, it lessens our chances of success that they will go to church as adults if we don't lead by example and take them as children. I realize we're teaching this morning, but I feel the presence of God. His Word is great today. His, His Word is worth listening to. 
Let me, let me clue you in on something about how powerful God's Word is. You can get something out of the teaching and preaching if, even if you don't like the guy saying it. I promise you. So if you don't like me this morning, God bless you. But you can still get something out of His Word. Because the Bible tells us that our faith is built just by hearing it. Whew, I can do a good job this morning just by reading Scripture. Praise God. So it's important. And we live in an age of decline. We live in a society, even in this community. No community is exempt. We live in a society that, well, pastor, you know, it's, it's a good thing. I'll come to church whenever I have time. Sister Craig, you can see those same folks doing anything and everything they want whenever they want to. But one hour and a half on a Sunday morning, approximately, we say that elastically, an hour and a half on a Sunday night, a pastor just said it recently, I think he was home sick. And whenever he returned, he talked about how quick it really was. Aside from the torture of being home and wondering what's going on, he talked about how it's really not that much time. Amen. So why not attend church? That's really the best question. It's not why don't you, it's why not. Why wouldn't you? The church in the book of Acts is very different than the average church today. The church in the book of Acts is what we model ourselves after. We want to be a Book of Acts church. We should be a Book of Acts church. The Book of Acts church saw signs, wonders, and miracles regularly. They had prayer meetings where the entire building shook. They gave freely to each other to help meet the needs of the church. Scam artists have ruined that one. You've got to have good discernment. I admit that freely. Scam artists have ruined the giving freely part because you've got moochers and beggars and everybody wanting to live a life off of you in today's society. What a shame. Established friendships that reached outside the church walls were developed. They connected with people with a life-changing experience. Many churches today do not teach and preach about the Holy Ghost. Many don't. We do. People choose not to attend church because they feel like they aren't better for having attended or they feel like they don't want to do what you're teaching. When people visit our church, First Apostolic Church, and experience the power of God, it should make them want to come back. And it does. We, we've seen that tested and tried. But... If people come to an apostolic church and do not sense the power of God that we claim to have, then they will leave. And they will continue looking. So it's important that we continue to be ourselves. That we worship God freely. That we give Him the praise He's due. And that we do so liberally as an apostolic regardless of who's in the building. If the mayor would walk in this morning, that should not change our worship pattern. 
if El Presidente should walk in the room this morning that should not Lord I'm going to get political I've got I to gotta stop our worship pattern should stay the same regardless of who's beside us I am here to lift up the name of Jesus Christ not impress you I am here to glorify Him, give to Him, contribute to Him, and somewhere in the process receive from Him. Say amen and leave changed, leave uplifted, leave encouraged, leave with what I need to make it Monday through Wednesday. I'll tell you this morning, I'm man enough to admit it, my tank isn't big enough to hold me from Sunday to Sunday. I need a Wednesday night church to help me refuel for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I don't have enough Holy Ghost to stay home on the couch and say, I'm all right. I need more of God Monday through Sunday, period. I don't need to leave His presence. It matters. It really matters. When I miss a Wednesday night service because of work or travel, I can tell. I start, now I know, I know this morning, you're looking at this awesome physique, and you could not tell this morning that I do not have any dietary challenges. I know that, but believe it or not, I've got some things that I like to enjoy. And I'm going to try not to put myself into judgment of gluttony from Wednesday night's pastor's forum. Because uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm there, but I'll tell you, there's a few things I eat and I indulge in that I probably shouldn't. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm on Fitness Pal, and I'm exercising regularly. I'm trying to, uh, Brother Terry, we're trying to encourage each other with the, the like button and all that. I think it's great. I appreciate that. But you know what? There's times I, I mess up. There, there's, there's times when you're exercising regularly and you're trying to do it, you call it a cheat day. Well, the nutritionists tell you you're supposed to have a cheap meal. <laughs> There's a difference. I have a cheap day. <laughs> That's probably my problem. I want a cheap day every Saturday. I'm not I, Sunday. I'm fine. It, it's uh, my brain's weird. But Sunday, I'm fine. Fridays, eh, I'm, 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 I'm okay. But Saturday, woo! Open up the gates. <laughs> Let's enjoy. But I have a price to pay for that. Amen. There is a price to pay for physical indulgence. There is a price to pay for spiritual absence. Because you see, when, when I, I... I said all that to say this. When, when I'm getting hungry, Brother Freddie, I want to eat. I know that's a shock, but I want to eat. When I miss a Wednesday, when I miss a Wednesday, it's usually because I'm in the office or I'm out of town, and most of the time it's because I'm out of town. And I'm generally catching church bishop at Brother Carpenter's on my iPad so that I could get some church. There are, there are, there's more than one way to skin a cat, they say. 
But if I don't get that Wednesday church, and that Wednesday church may only be involved with three worship songs, prayer, laying on the hands, and another worship song, and teaching. Starts at 7, usually out between 8.15 and 8.30. Usually. Sounds boring, sounds dull, sounds routine. Because that's how it feels after we do it 52 weeks out of the year. But when I miss it, I'm speaking about myself so no one can get mad about me comparing to you. When I miss it, when this preacher man misses it, on Thursday I know it. Because I'm hungry. There's something in my spirit that lacks some nutrition because I didn't get a meal the night before. It is important that we are faithful to God. Does church attendance matter? To answer that question, we must turn to the Word of God. We hear the preaching of the Word. The preaching causes the sinner to believe. Romans 10, 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Jesus promised that if we would congregate to worship, that he would visit us. Matthew 18, 20 says, For where there are two or three gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. We experienced that this morning already. The writer of Hebrews tells us that the closer we get to the second coming of God, that the more we should be faithful to church. Hebrews 10.25, I read it in my opening text. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is. That means some are going to. The statistics I read to you were prophetically written thousand years ago plus that some would. But just because they do doesn't mean it's Exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. I think if we're willing to be transparent at all this morning, we would say the day is quickly approaching. We are living in Hebrews 10.25 era. And as we live there, as we experience it, as we witness it, as we see it, we should understand that if church is open, I need to be there. Because the worse it gets out there, the more I need from in here. And it's not getting any better out there. And I'm not a negative person. But I, I want to be real this morning. I, I'm not tiptoeing through the tulips either. We, we've got to understand that it's dark out there. But the darker it is out there, the lighter the bright of Jesus shines. But that light's not going to shine unless I'm in here letting the solar power of the sun charge me up just a little bit. I need His power. If we are to truly be apostolic this morning, walking in the example of the apostles, we'll find that church attendance is very important with our walk with God. The early believers met in the temple daily. I want you, I want you to grab that for a second. Acts 2 and 46. You can go ahead and put it up there, Brother Malone. They met and they continued daily with one accord in the temple. Daily. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So surely, if they met daily, we can meet 
Sunday and Wednesday. Amen. <clears throat> Three reasons to attend church. We attend to entertain the Spirit of God. We attend for the sake of unity. And we attend for the sake of accountability. We've, we've accomplished number one this morning. We attend to entertain the Spirit of God. We've accomplished number two, I believe, because I do feel a freedom in the Spirit of God this morning. We've, we've, I think we've got some unity here today. And we attend for the sake of account accountability. The accountability piece is difficult. Because in order to be accountable to someone, they have to know that you need them. And it's difficult for us to go to a brother or a sister and say, I need help. It's difficult for us to say, I'm struggling coming to church. I want you to call me on Saturday night and make sure I'm coming. Accountability. They say some of the greatest success you have uh, in, in life in certain areas is when you make yourself accountable to someone because if you're only accountable to yourself then you can succeed or fail and no one cares but you no one knows so we entertain the spirit of God Pentecost happened when the disciples prayed together in Acts chapter 2 prison doors flew open when Paul and Silas worshipped together Acts 16 the lame man at the gate beautiful in Acts 3 was healed when John and Peter walked by on the way to the house of God. Jesus promised that if any two or three would gather in his name, he would be present with them in Matthew 18.20. So coming together and worshiping God is a fundamental reason to attend church. Unity, Hebrews 10 and 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Now, I want you to pay attention to the wording to that because I saw something in that last night that I have never seen my entire life. I was born in the apostolic church and I never saw it. I read that verse, heard that verse, never saw it. I'm sure others have. I'm just late to the game. But it, it's, it's written in the plural sense. It's not written in the singular as though let me hold fast the profession of my faith. It's not written in a stance that allows me to just individualize myself over in a corner and say, I don't need anybody because I'm holding on to my faith. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. So there's a unity there that's saying, let us stand together, let us believe together, let us worship together, and oh, by the way, let's not waver in it. Let's be firm in what we believe. Because we're living in a society today, they want you to change your mind every day of the week. They want you to believe A today, B on tomorrow, and C on Wednesday. They don't care as long as you're wavering with the trends. But he's telling us, hold fast to your faith, hold fast to your belief, hold fast to your doctrine, hold fast to your worship, hold fast to your walk with God, hold fast to your attendance to church. Don't waver in your walk, for he is faithful that promised. Yeah. 
God, it's already been said this morning, but God blesses and honors consistency. It's important. Together. Everybody say together. Look at your neighbor this morning and say together. We hold fast to the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. Many times in the New Testament, the apostles urged the church to unite. 1 Peter 3.8 says, Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Ephesians 4 and 1 reads, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, that's us, there is one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Woo! Somebody shout, woo! It's important because the oneness of God in our life is dependent on our consistency. When I'm not consistent to Him, I'm going to waver in my belief. Whoever, here's, here's what's important. Whoever is whispering, whispering in your ear the loudest is usually what you think about. That's why it's important. If someone comes running to you, guess what, guess what Bishop said to you or said about you? Guess, guess what Bishop said? Amen. That's why it's important when someone comes running to our ear that you be big enough, you be man enough, you be woman enough to say, hey, you know what? If it's important, he'll tell me to my face. I don't want to hear it. Nothing kills unity faster than the lips of some man or woman wanting to tell something that they don't need to be telling. Nothing destroys you. Because unity is a choice. You don't have unity by accident. And it's hard to get people of different personalities and varying mindsets to come into one building and have one mindset. Not easy in 2016. I don't know if it was ever easy in 1950 either, but it's definitely not easy in 2016. Because we come from different backgrounds. We have different, different days, different work patterns, different stresses different families, different things that each of us go to. And when we come in here, we're all expected equally to just let all that go for an hour and a half and just do nothing but focus on Him. Easier said than done. But the more you practice it. 
The more times I get on the treadmill, the more times I get on the elliptical, the more times I get on the bike, the more times I pick up the weights, the better it feels, the less it hurts. I build up an endurance to it. The more times I practice coming to church, the better off I am at it. Oh, hallelujah. The more times I don't miss, the more I don't want to miss. The more times I get into His presence, the more I want to worship Him. The more times I pray, the more I want to pray. The more times I see people baptized in Jesus' name, the more I get a dick. I'm not at church. And I, I don't mean this to sound cruel this morning. I, I just want to provide an understanding in case you don't understand. And in case you do have questions. We're, we're not at church to compare who has the best necktie on. And, and what I was always taught by both my father and my bishop was when you come to the house of God, bring your best. And if your best doesn't include a necktie, that's all right. If your best is a t-shirt and a pair of jeans, wear it with pride, wear it with decency, come to church, worship God. And people who want to dismiss church and the importance of church by declaring that, that, that if I would walk in the room that lightning would strike the place. They don't understand the fundamental purpose of the church. The church is not made for the saved. The church is made for the lost. That there might be a saving house to go. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The church is made that we imperfect people might have an opportunity to come to the house of God and have a place that I can develop, a place that I can learn, a place that I can repent, a place that I can see salvation in my life. Church is not made for people to compare their perfections. Church is made for people to come to church that understand that I was a sinner and without His grace I'm nothing but a sinner and I need the baptism of Jesus Christ in my life. Somebody worship and magnify the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. come to church because it matters I can remember and again I'm using myself just purely as an example to prove to you if nothing else that I live what I'm preaching or teaching this morning not to pat myself on the back but Bishop I can remember on a Tuesday getting off the airplane landing from Japan I'd been awake for 34 hours and I got home and we was having a revival service that evening with Jeremy Lang and I told my wife I said I do not want to go to church I'm staying home I'm admitting that to you this morning see I'm human I'm transparent with you I don't want to go I've been awake for 34 hours the last thing in the world I want to do is go to church play the organ lead worship and listen to somebody preach and being the faithful dutiful wife that she is rather than let me wallow in my ignorance she looked at me and she said I know that's what you want to do but you know that's not what you need to do so and I, I'm, I'm, I'm hastening to a close this morning 
I came to church that Tuesday evening. By the time I got to church, I had been awake at least 36 hours. I, I, I don't remember much of the service, but other than the fact that I did go. And I did lead worship, and Brother Jeremy Lang did preach, and I enjoyed myself. But I went, hear me now, I went purely, undeniably, 100% out of obligation. There was not a fabric in my being that, that I went because I wanted to. Is it all right that I'm honest with you this morning? Does that make you uncomfortable? I didn't want to go. But oh, after it was over. Tired in body. Sister Craig, I'd been out of the country for about nine days or so. I hadn't been to church. There wasn't podcast at that time. There wasn't live stream archive videos at that time. This was before that. I hadn't been in the house of God. Yeah, I had prayed, but I had felt the presence of God. But I, I hadn't been in His house. I hadn't been to his filling station. I didn't realize how empty my tank was. And that little simple act of pushing hard through my flesh and getting to the house of God, I can declare to you tonight, God didn't speak to me in the thunder. God didn't speak to me in the lioness roar. But God did speak to me through the still soft voice of his word. And he encouraged me physically. He lifted me up emotionally. And he helped me get rest that I needed for my body. Why? Because of faithfulness to his house. I don't need to stay on the couch and get rest to get rest. I can get holy rest by being in the presence of an almighty God yes he can give me rest where in the weary find rest he can give me rest while I'm in his presence while my hands are lifted up praising his wonderful name stand with me this morning Hebrews 10 24 says, and let us consider one another to provoke. Now, if we stopped right there, put a comma there or a semicolon there or a period or any other type of exclamation, if we stopped right there, a whole lot of us would be really happy because we can get the provoke part right. Some of us even think it's fun to provoke, but he, he doesn't stop there. To provoke unto love into good works. Well, how do I provoke someone to good works? By slipping my arm around them after a church that they've been there and say, hey, I've been missing you. Why don't you come back and be with us tonight? It just might be that God wants to speak to you. Not, well, I can't believe you haven't been at church. Plenty of times I think that. But to provoke into love and good works is just a simple, hey, we love you, we miss you. Miss you when you're not here. You need to be in church. You need to be in church. Look at your neighbor this morning and tell him you need to be in church. You need to be in church. What's the point of it all? The point of it all is very simply this. We need God. And we need each other. And sometimes my path to God is through you. I want you to understand that this morning. And that's a heavy weight and that's a heavy burden. You say, Brother Mason, don't put that on me. I'm going to put it on you because it's on me and we need to share it equally. Sometimes our path to God is through each other. 
And if we don't have each other, then we lose part of our path to God. And one wrong turn leads me a different way. But whenever I'm with the family of God, I have a greater chance and a greater success of getting to Him. Because I'm in His presence. And I'm with my family. And I'm with people that love me. And I'm with people that help me. Don't know it all. Don't have it all. We still need each other. Could you just lift your hands as pastor comes this morning and just begin to magnify the name of Jesus together today. The point of it all is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.